When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome on in. It is the final out. Sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable never looks so good. Jack Fritz hanging out with you. Reacting to a, a tense, tight September Phil's game uh, down in South Philly and, and one that, thankfully, I'm just glad they won. Uh, so, Cubs lose. Phil's win. Uh, four for so the Magic numbers four now for a playoff spot. And Tucker, since the Diamondbacks didn't play tonight, they're idle. That means the top spot is still six if, if our math's all here correct, right? That makes sense to me. Yeah, let's already <laughs> gotta update my tweet. I got a little excited. Got a little excited. Um, regardless, uh, so Phil's win. Phil's win, and and at this point, just keep stacking them. But my biggest takeaway of the game, and if you're leaving the ballpark tonight, um, and it does seem like school's back in session, and you know it's hard to get down there, and, and we're kind of in that waiting out uh, phase for the postseason. But if you're on your way home, we'd love to talk to you. It, it was an, a, a good uh, a good night down at the ballpark, and, and it was a close, a close tight win. But my biggest takeaway of the game, which is brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, is that, you know, that's a game that you had to extend leads on. Um, that, like, for for it to get as tense as it, as it did, for that to be a one-run game, for having to, like, bring in all your, your, your big guns to, to get through that Mets lineup – can't happen. Um, and obviously in the postseason, you're going to play more games like that. But obviously, you're going to be playing against better competition. And I, 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 it's just frustrating when you know that's the case. You know close games are, are, are going to happen. And you can't just put them away early, especially a team like the Mets. Like, the Mets really have nothing to play for. But if they're in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and it's a close game, I mean, it just gives them that much extra motivation to go out there and try to win a ball game. So uh, I was disappointed from that standpoint. Obviously, glad to see them come out of tonight with a win, but um, like that had to be a game that should have been an eight-four win. They should have jumped all over David Peterson, and they just let the Mets hang around. And in a four-game series, who knows how it goes? Does this, does this turn into a split? Um, so you know, again, happy with the win, but. That was a game that that should have been out of reach a little bit earlier. Uh, My second big takeaway from the night is it seems like they're getting hot Cassianos at the right time. And, like, I I keep looking at the lineup top to bottom, and Stott's in a bit of a struggle right now. 
Uh, JT is in just, I mean, he's batting 190 at home now, I believe. Bone by the home run tonight, which is really good. Good to see. Uh, I hope he can keep that going. They, 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 they've needed an extra bat there because they've been the best offense in baseball since August 1st in, in home runs and stuff like that. But it's really been Schwarber, Turner, Harper kind of carrying the load from that standpoint. They need another guy there to pick him up. And and Nick Cassiano's batting as low as he is. I mean, he's up to six tonight. So you know he's working his way back up the lineup. But Rob Thompson talked after the game about how he thinks he's going to keep him down there. And he might as well. I mean, it's working right now. And, and Alec Boehm, um, you know, I just I, I said it before the game. I like him batting in the four spot. I, I like a guy that I that I trust to to put the bat on the baseball. And while Cassianos is in a good hot streak right now, we know he can go through his spells where he's he's swinging at pitches, taking bad approaches, and and um, you know take himself out of counts. I think Alec Bohm is more consistent when it comes to working a good count. But that doesn't mean that Nick Cassianos can't be a valuable member uh, towards the bottom of the lineup. He's the first Philly uh, to 100 RBIs this year. He finished the game with 102. He's I mean, on the, the, the footsteps of or doorsteps of 30 home runs, which is like the, the, this Castellanos year has been so fascinating because first half MVP of the team, second half way up and down, really real big fluctuations, looks really good, and then goes on like a, a month stretch. He had an 11 for 94 streak mixed in there. The power was kind of zapped. He was chasing all the time. And then he'd get hot for the two-week stretch, and his numbers would, would um, you know, reach like an equilibrium, I guess. And what he's done since being dropped down to to 7th, 6th, 7th, 8th in the lineup, I mean, his OPS is, is around 1,200, if not higher. He's hitting a lot more home runs. He seems to be working more consistent at bats. And and if you're going to get this version of Nick Cassianos in the playoffs, I mean, that's a total game changer. And that's why he is my... Player of the Game, which is brought, brought to you by South Jersey Gas, committed to providing safe, reliable, affordable natural gas. Make the switch at southjerseygas.com slash home. They're getting hot Cassianos, and I, I just I hope it translates over to the postseason because if they're getting this version of Cassianos, who was their best player in the first half, to go with what Turner's been doing, to go with what Schwarber's been doing, to go with what Harper's mostly been doing outside of the last week, week and a half, it, just, it makes this offense and it makes this lineup that much deeper. So it, it's good to see him down the bottom of the lineup, not totally chasing and, and really, really helping this ball club. Um, and my final take here, uh, before we go to some phones here, 215-592-9494 is on the bullpen. Um, you know, on paper, got the job done tonight. I mean, the, like, they, they held a 5-4 lead. They did their job. They, um, you know, took care of business. And, and it's nice to see them kind of handle a, a close game like that because you know that as they get into these bigger games, they're mostly going to be closer. But I liked what he did with Ranger pulling him at that point. You need uh, a righty on Alonzo. He had Jeff Hoffman ready to go. Jeff Hoffman comes in, bang, gets Pete Alonzo out. They're out of the inning, rally dead. And what <laughs> what really stuck out to me, and I just was, this, I was, you know, damn near giddy sitting on my couch was he didn't put him out there for the second inning. And Rob Thompson has been prone to putting relievers out there in second innings after they get a big out in the inning before. And I just don't think that translates well. So um, he let Hoffman just go out, do a job. That means he can be available for tomorrow. 
and and just got him out of there. Let him do his job, get out of there, and and it's all good. Kimbrell comes in in the eighth, and some things on Kimbrell. Uh, I I don't hate using him there. That is a that is a big spot in the lineup for uh, Kimbrell. It's a, in a, in a perfect world. Obviously, he goes one two three there, and then you give the bottom of the lineup to Jose Alvarado, and it and it works perfectly. Didn't work perfectly, but Kimbrell. I'm already starting to have these these just gnarly visions in October of a runner gets on first base that has any kind of wheels. Bang, all of a sudden he's at second. Bang, all of a sudden he's at third. And I understand that at this point Craig Kimbrell wants to throw strikes. And that's I, I, I do get that. Getting the batter to play is more important. But you have to have some semblance of an ability to hold a runner. And he's just not showing that right now. And I, I just – I don't – again, <laughs> I don't understand how he's like 13 years into his career and his pickoff move involves throwing the like – you don't have to throw the ball over 110 miles an hour. I mean, you're, you're going to kill Bryce Harper or you're going to throw it by, beyond him and a runner's going to advance anyway. Like, can, can he just almost – you know, the, figure out something between lobbing it over – and not being your fastball. There has to be some kind of in-between. I don't understand how it's gotten to this point, but whatever has to figure out a way to, to hold hold runners on because it's going to be it's gonna be a huge problem in the postseason. Because as soon as he lifts the leg, he's long to the plate. He's not giving JT any kind of a shot. Now, to his credit, when it got tight, Kimbrell showed up. He, he, he did his job. And shout-out to Francisco Alvarez for, for swinging first pitch and, and – Kind of taking the the momentum right out of that 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 situation, but still, I mean, Kimbrel has been doing this this high wire act for the last little stretch here. He hasn't allowed a run in every single game, but I mean, yesterday in Atlanta, Friday in 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 St. Louis, just high wire acts. And now the big concern is, can this guy hold on runners? Because if he can, it's like it just it just changes. You're going to use him in mostly saving and closing situations, but it just it, it does. Put a little something in the back of your mind of like, can I put him out there if he can't hold a guy at first base? Because all of a sudden that guy's at second, at third, and it makes getting the first out that much more important. So uh, I was I was glad Kimbrel was able to do a job, get a job done. But still, that 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 holding runners thing as these games get bigger and we get into the postseason, I just I, I worry about stuff like that. And, and finally, I thought Alvarado looked really good. I, I know Nimmo pulled his hands in and hit a ball to the wall and whatever, but. Alvarado has been on a good little stretch for, I don't know, maybe his last four outings, reaching uh, triple digits again. He has that feel. It seems like he has that feel for that cutter again. And I, I just, I like that he's in these pressure pack situations. I mean, Friday in St. Louis was able to finish that, that job, uh, finish the job tonight. He's being put into tight spots and Jose Alvarado is delivering. So if you can get Jose Alvarado moving in the right direction, that is a a massive win for this baseball team. So overall, it, and you know, obviously the biggest takeaway of the game is brought to you by Morgan and Morgan America's largest injury law firm. Game they should have won by more. They let the Mets hang around. I would like the Phillies to you know step on a throat here against a uh, a bad Mets team. They might be getting Castellanos high at the right time, and this bullpen did a job tonight. But some definite question marks with Craig Kimbrell and and his ability to hold on to runners. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. 
On the other side, some thoughts on Ranger Suarez from tonight and a whole lot more. Get in now. If you're leaving the ballpark, we'd love to talk to you. Reacting to a big Phil's win. Magic number to make the postseason down to four. Still six to uh, get the number one seed in the uh, in the wild card round. Jack Fritz here on the final out. Get in now. 215-592-9494. Pitch. Castellanos blasts it deep left, and the game is untied as Castellanos hits one off the facing of the second deck. What a bomb for Nick. Number 28 on the season. It's a four RBI night. Phillies lead it five to four. Yes, that is my Mike's Amazing play of the game, presented by Mike's Amazing, the official mayo, mustard, and vegetable oil of the Phillies. Nick Cassianos, four REIs tonight, including that home run that untied the game and ultimately be, uh, you know, became the deciding score for tonight. And man, like when he when he gets in those modes where he's just like hitting home, it's just that's a beautiful swing. It's a beautiful right-handed swing. Is it frustrating when he's chasing first pitches and and swinging at pitches outside the strike zone or grounding in a double play? Sure. But when he's in one of these modes where the ball is just flying out of the yard, it is a pretty, pretty swing. And they, they, they seem like they're getting the right kind of version of Cassianos heading into the playoffs. And that is exciting to see. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. This is the final out. Sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable, never looks so good. Jack Fritz, hanging out with you, reacting to Phil's Mets down at Citizens Bank Park tonight uh, and a one-run win for the Phil's. Um, now, before we go back to the phones and all that stuff, Ranger Suarez tonight. I I think if you look at the final box score, you just looked at the, the numbers, you would say, eh, not his best. And you'd be right. I mean, it was not the best Ranger Suarez tonight, but at the same time, he limited the damage all around the game, you know, and I give him some credit for that. I give him some credit for being able to dodge and weave his way in and out of, of jams and only allowing a certain amount of runs, not letting things avalanche, not let things get out of control. And ultimately, when it boils down to it, he pitched into the seventh inning. Had Brandon Nimmo not been his dorky self, uh, that's a double play there, and he's he's pitches seven, allowing four earned, and you know mostly did. It, I mean that's a that's doing a job pitching into the seventh. Had again Brandon Nimmo not been an absolute dork, pitches through the seventh, allowing four. The offense with the way that that's been going for a little while here, that should be enough on most nights to to win a ball game. Is it a tad frustrating because it's the Mets and, the, and that lineup is, is not great, even though they obviously have some, some big hitters in it for sure. But I thought he – like when Ranger was struggling in the middle of the season before they put him on the IR, it was a mixture of a couple things to me. It was bad command, could not locate the fastball both sides of the plate, and just wasn't generating any swings and misses. There was like no deception to any of his stuff. But tonight – I felt like there was a good amount of deception. I, I thought he generated enough swing and miss. I thought his fastball command at both sides is pretty good. Didn't love his, his uh, change of command. Didn't feel like he really had it tonight. Curveball was okay. Overall, like I, I, I still trust Ranger. And if you get that kind of performance in a postseason game, I think you're fine with it. Obviously, when this, the stakes get bigger, 
he probably gets pull, pulled a little bit earlier. Um, but still, I, I, I thought it was still a pretty good Ranger Suarez start tonight. It was not this red flag, hand over the panic button. Oh, my gosh, here comes Ranger kind of crumbling. I thought he did a good job of limiting the damage throughout. And, um, you know, some, some simple facts of the matter of, you know, Bryson Stott, I think, should have knocked down that ball early in the game. They would have li- limited that inning to only being one run instead of two. Um, like little things like that, that that do add up over a baseball game, they matter. But for the most part, I thought Ranger Suarez was good. And I said this before the game, and I said it. Um, you know, it's it, Seltzer's brought this up a couple times in the IOS podcast, by the way. Come out on Saturday. So, I mean, if, as long as it's not rained out. Uh, Seltzer and I will be hanging out uh, High Hopes Night at the ballpark. They might have a chance to to clinch at least a playoff spot on Saturday if, if things kind of all work out here. They won't be able to clinch the the one seed of the wild card, which is disappointing. But still, uh, Seltzer and I hanging out. Liberty Landing deck. We'll be there at 2.30 hanging out um, and, and going over everything. But, you know, Seltzer had the idea of Ranger Suarez pitching in game two if you're down 0-1, like you lose game one with Zach Wheeler on the mound, because I, he has the best chance, in in my opinion, to get, get him back to 1-1. Or if uh, it's 1-1, you pitch Nola game two when you're up 1-0, and you have Ranger waiting in your back pocket. If you lose that game, he can start game three. Plus, uh, if you get to the NLDS, it sets up like last year where he can start game one in Atlanta and then you hand the ball to Zach Wheeler. And that should give you a, a, a good chance to steal a game in Atlanta, which you have to do. Um, you have to steal a game in Atlanta in a five-game series. Ranger and, and Wheeler in one of those games give the Phillies a pretty good chance. So, I, I, again, not overly concerned about Rangers tonight. I thought he was pretty good, not overwhelming. But uh, did his job and and uh, let the Phils offense hang around before Cassianos gave them a nice uh, nice five four lead. So good on Ranger Suarez. Two and five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you get in. Uh, we will look ahead to tomorrow and the rest of the weekend before handing things off to I believe Jody Mack coming up next. Tucker, is it a Monday or Tuesday? It is a Thursday, so it's not Jody Mack. No. Do you want to guess who it is? Oh, this is fun. I always love doing this. Rob Cherry? Yeah, it is Rob Cherry. Oh, big shot Bob. He'll take it through the rest of the night. We'll look at to tomorrow uh, and uh, you know some of the weekend coming up next here on The Final Out. Welcome on back. It is The Final Out, sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable never looks so good. Jack Fritz hanging out with you, reacting to a Phil's win down at Citizens Bank Park tonight in front of, what was it? 30-something thousand. It, it was it, – attendance last little bits, you know, it's calmed down since obviously schools have gotten back in session. It's kind of that awkward waiting for the, the playoffs to start and, and you know, that kind of holdover. But still, um, no, it, it's all good. I'm sure this weekend's going to be good. Tomorrow night, Scott Rowland gets inducted into the Phillies' wall of fame. And, and you know, I've been kind of laying the groundwork here. Like I got – not expecting a standing ovation, not trying to work that into uh, existence. I just I, – I don't think – I don't want tomorrow night to turn into a, a big boo fest. I, you know, it's we – we are in a, a good spot as a fan base. We have a lot of positive momentum for us. 
We have, uh, you know, the the Turner ovation thing. National media kind of being like, well, maybe Philly's not that bad. You know, San Francisco Niners, 49ers fans are fighting each other in the in the parking lot tonight, uh, or in, in the in the in the stadium tonight. If that happened here, it's it's national headlines. So you know, we're in a, a pretty good spot, and and I think if a, a national showing where Roland gets crushed, I just. I think the national media is kind of waiting to pounce. So uh, bury the hatchet, and if you're going down tomorrow, I just – I'm not – just maybe just a nice round of applause. Doesn't need to be a boo fest. We're in a good spot as a fan base. No need to take a step back tomorrow. So that's tomorrow. Um, and then, high, again, high hopes night on Saturday if you want to come hang with uh, Seltzer and I out at Liberty Landing Deck. But on the mound tomorrow for, uh, for Scott Rowland night, Taiwan Walker versus uh, Tyler McGill. Taiwan, I mean, I guess he's still pitching for a playoff spot. I guess he's pitching for a a, a rotation spot. I, I just, I don't know how you watch Taiwan Walker. And, I mean, of course, you can excuse it away. He's got a ton of wins. The offense scores for him. I think that is incredibly faulty logic, trying to. You know, play up the whole idea that the offense scores from it's like, yeah, of course they score from because they know that when they show up to the ballpark that day, they're going to need at least five in order <laughs> in order to win that game. So it's like it, it's like, you know, sort of when when Wentz went down and it was falls in there, everyone else was like, oh, bleep, I guess we got to step our games up and become, you know, the best players in football. Tom Walker has a 585 ERA in his last seven starts, 810 OPS against them feels like his like command stuff is all over the place. Doesn't have a feel for any of his pitches right now and, and kind of wearing down. And that's been the story. And that was the story of Tywin Walker as a Met is he comes out first half really good and then completely tires out in the second half. And it's just, they, I'm sure they could find a better use of 72 million than having Tywin Walker be essentially just an innings eater. Like I can sign an innings eater, um, but that's all he is right, right now at this point. And I would not be surprised, and he should be, in the Kyle Gibson role in the postseason. The unfortunate part is that Dave Dombrowski's two big uh, offseason and trade deadline acquisitions for the for the rotation both should be not pitching <laughs> in the postseason. That's not how this whole thing is really designed. So, uh, I mean, I guess in the Phillies' mind, he has a chance to go out tomorrow and, and maybe – pitch his way into the playoff rotation, but at this point, after they hopefully make it through the wild card round, it for me it goes and this is not, you know, start because I know Wheeler probably wouldn't start game one of the NLDS, but my four starters in the NLDS are Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, Chris Sanchez. And it's as simple as that. And Chris Sanchez, you can make the case, has been their second best starter. So I, I can't take that out of the lineup for for Tylon Walker. Like I just I can't do that. And, and and it's showing Chris Sanchez that, like, no matter how well you pitch, you're never getting and, – and that's that's not something that I think is totally fair. So, uh, Tom Walker on the mound tomorrow. Maybe he can surprise us. I don't know. Um, but either way, he's going up against Tyler McGill, who has really good stuff. You know, when, when he's on, he's kind of like a lot of these Mets pitchers. Like, good stuff, but massively inconsistent. A 4-5 ERA in his last eight starts, but has some power stuff. So, uh, a lot like David Peterson kind of got in a, a rhythm tonight. Maybe Tyler McGill does the same tomorrow. But um, either way, I will be leading you into the game with leading off and reacting to it after the game. 
uh, here on the final out on a, on a Friday night down at Citizens Bank Park. That's going to do it for me. Tucker Bagley produced the final out tonight. Rob Cherry's got you coming up next. He'll take you through the rest of the night here on Sports Radio 94 WYP.